Hello again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 689-689. I'd like to have a copy of it, Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. Uh, just let us know whether you want a CD or an audio tape. They're both free, including the postage and the handling. I've got a strong message from the Word of God. It's absolute, strict, and straight direction to the straight and narrow way into the kingdom of heaven. I've got music and letters, but right now let's pray to the Lord to anoint this service. Father, we pray that you'll anoint this service. Uh, Use me to um, bring the correct definition of your word. Lord, let it not destroy anything other than Satan, and let it build your church, your body, your bride, the kingdom of heaven, the new Jerusalem. Lord, I ask it that Satan be destroyed and rebuked by you, and that uh, the church the body of Christ, which you are the head of, shall be strengthened in Jesus' mighty name, I pray. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. All right, uh, we have now <clears throat> Elvis to sing, I've Got Confidence. When trouble is in my way, I can't tell my night from day. I'm tossed from side to side. Like a ship on a raging tide I don't worry and I don't fret God will never fail me yet Trouble's coming from time to time But that's alright, I'm not the worrying kind Because I, I got confidence God is gonna see me through No matter what the case may be I know He's gonna fix it for me I got confidence God is gonna see me through No matter what the case may be Job was sick so long Till the flesh filled his bones His wife, his cattle and children Everything that he had was gone But Job in his despair He knew that God still cared Sleep his days and sleep his nights Job said, honey, that's all right Because I, I've got confidence God is gonna see me through No matter what the case may be I know he's gonna fix it for me Smile, even though I'm going to try, how can I have a song? Everything is going wrong. I don't worry, I don't fret. God will never fail me yet. Trouble coming from time to time. That's all right, I'm not the worrying kind because I. I've got confidence in the Word of God. You can have confidence in the Word of God because it's true. 
it's uh, for sure it's certain it's yes and there's no uh anything other than yes and no uh no middle of the road no um uh casper milk toast type doctrine in the bible but uh, so we're going to be reading from the second book of corinthians chapter 5 we start out with verse 1 for we, we apostles, know, and we Christians know, we absolutely know, that if our uh, earthly house, now this body of ours is made out of earth. We're earthen, but we have the Spirit of God in us, and our spirit is in us. For we know that if our earthly house, this body of ours, of this tabernacle this we are the tabernacle or the house of god if this house of this tabernacle were um, dissolved in other words if we die and uh, we turn back to ashes we have a building of god and house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. All right. Uh, the building of God is is like we are working on the building because we know that this earthly tabernacle, this house uh, of this tabernacle, our earthly house, is going to dissolve, and so. We have to be busy making a building of God for us. Uh, it's God. And house not made with hands. These, this house that we're working to live in, for once uh, we die, we have to have built a house for us to live in. It's an eternal house in the heavens. So we have a building of God. If we uh, die and our body uh, turns back to earth, we have a building of God and house not made with hands. It's eternal in the heavens. So if we just, uh, you know, don't pay any attention to working on this building, we're not going to have a house to live in. We're going to be naked outside the building because we're working on the building if we're not working on the building uh, then we're naked we are outside the body of Christ uh, this uh, Christ was he was not created with uh, hands or he was not uh, he was not gendered by a human being he was gendered by God and this uh, home that we're building on working on the building is eternal and in the heavens verse 2 for in this we groan in other words we groan because we've got a job to do and if we don't do it uh, we are painting ourselves out the building out of the building uh, for in this we groan earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven 
Okay, so this house that is uh, from heaven, he has commanded for us to abide in him. He's the vine, we're the branches. If we abide in him, then we, uh, we are clothed upon this uh, solution, uh, this uh, life solution is uh, flowing through our spirit. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. Now the house that we're living in now is from heaven if we're doing the work of God. Because he has designated a position in his body, his house, that we are to be the governors of by his spirit in us. Verse 3. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. Naked. So if we're not in Christ, if we're not one of his branches, if the sap from the vine or the sap from the true olive tree is not flowing through our veins, through our spirit, really. If so, be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. But if we don't have the spirit of God flowing through us, which is the sap or the life, we shall be found naked. We won't be in the building will be outside where there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. Verse 4, For we that are in his tabernacle, this tabernacle, uh, do groan. We're in an earthly tabernacle, but our spirits are fused with Christ. Being burdened. We're in an earthly tabernacle and we're burdened. We groan because we know we've got to keep that up. we got to keep working on the building. We have to keep not going to lunch and chit-chatting down the street or in the church. We have to carry the cross, the burden. We have to deny ourselves if we want to be clothed upon with the heavenly tabernacle. For we that are in this tabernacle, the one that you can see, this one that's made out of dirt, we groan. Why? Because we're working, being burdened. Not for that uh, we would be unclothed. We're, we're not working to be outside the building, unclothed. We're working to be but clothed inside the building, clothed upon that mortality, this earthly house that we're living in and that God is supposed to be living in, that mortality might be swallowed up of life, which is being inside the building in Christ. Now, we know that Christ is supposed to be in us, and if he isn't, then we're not in him. And we're supposed to be uh, have him in us, and we're supposed to be sitting with him in heavenly places. 
All right, verse 5. Now he that hath brought us for, or wrought us, or brought us for the selfsame thing. He brought us forth unto himself so that uh, we could have the selfsame thing happen to us. He that did that for us is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Holy Spirit. Well, he has given us the baptism of the Holy Spirit to make us eager to not be outside the building. So a lot of people say, well, Christ did it all. We don't have to do anything. There, that person either, either is very naive or they're devils that tell, tell you such a thing because the Lord said that he's going to judge us by the works that we do. Now, a lot of people say, well, I don't believe that. Well, you don't believe the Lord, and so you're not going to heaven. That's all. I mean, it's just common sense and spiritual sense. Six, therefore, we are always confident. Okay, we just heard Elvis saying, I've got confidence. Therefore, we are always confident. You know these people that are up and down one day after the other? Uh, they don't have confidence. They're not confident. Knowing, we're confident knowing that while we are at home in this body, we are absent from the Lord. When we're at home in this, the body, the body of Christ, we are still absent from being with the Lord, and it means in heaven. Verse 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. So we don't see the Lord every minute, every second, but we walk by faith in this unmovable word of God. We walk by faith not by seeing Jesus every second or every minute or every hour. We are confident again, I say, and um, willing rather to be absent from the body, this earthly body that we're in, and to be present with the Lord. Because once we're present with the Lord, we know that we were living in the building while we were here on earth. And we better know that while we're here on earth. And when, if we were with the Lord, and with, uh, when we are with the Lord, we're going to say, Phew, we made it. We're in and nobody can take us out. We're in heaven. Hallelujah. We're in the building. Amen. Amen. We're not naked. We're, and we've got a home to live in. Forevermore. Verse 9. Wherefore we labor. Wow, I thought we don't have to do works. That we don't have to labor. We don't have to arbeiten. In German that means work. Or trabajo in Spanish. I'm not Spanish. But wherefore we trabajo. That our work. Why? That whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. If we're in the building, 
because we're working on the building. We're accepted by him, by Christ, by God. We're accepted of him because we're of him. We work, we labor, we trabajo, we arbeiten. Verse 10, for we must all, we must, it's an absolute, a must appear before the uh, judgment seat of Christ, those of us that are saved. The others will appear before the great white throne, the judgment bar of God. So, oh, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that every one may receive the things done in his body. In other words, the works that you did in your body. Don't let anybody tell you that you don't have to work. That's why the devil has pretty much taken over the world because there's no laborers. The fields are white for the harvest, but the laborers are few. And you're all going to be held accountable because you didn't arbite and you didn't work. You didn't travaho, you didn't work. But, and so you may be, um, receive the things done in your body according to that he hath done. Whatever you have done, what have you done? Have you done anything for the Lord? Oh, I see. Do you really expect to get in here into the kingdom of heaven? You that work not. So you're going to be judged for uh, everything according, according to that he hath done. Whether it be good, whether it be good or bad. Verse 11, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord. What? You mean to say the Lord is a terrorist? Yes, that's what it says. The Lord terrorizes people. That's why the Bible says it's better not to be terrorized by him. It's better to do what he says so that you're not terrorized by him. This is the Apostle Paul that has written more than two-thirds of the New Testament. He's saying, I know, therefore, the terror of the Lord. We Because of the fact, knowing that, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. In other words, we preach the gospel. We uh, get out there and tell people what God says. We don't make jokes and say, you know, Talk about, uh, you know, like uh, these different preachers, they like to think of themselves as uh, comedians. That isn't going to persuade me. There isn't a comedian on the face of the earth, whether it's uh, supposed to be a Christian comedian or a secular one. We per knowing the terror of the Lord. You know, when I saw the earthquake in China on uh, on the news, I saw people with terror in their eyes. The Lord is the one that brings down these wrathful things on people to terrorize you into doing that which is good. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade. <laughs> oh, please believe on the Lord Jesus Christ for your own good. We're saved already. 
but the Lord, and the Lord is going to give me the same reward for preaching to you, whether you accept or not. But I really have to be sincere in my preaching or in my persuading. Otherwise, the Lord is going to judge me as being a hypocrite for not really in the spirit attempting to persuade you. But we are made manifest. We're known unto God. God knows if we're doing it in sincerity or if we're just doing it mechanically uh, so that we say, okay, God, see, I said it. I told them. Just like in the office, uh, when the Lord told me to tell the people in the room about the Lord Jesus Christ and that he's coming back to earth again, uh, or I'd surely die. And then he convinced me to finally, he convinced me to do it. And I started uh, saying, okay, you guys in this uh, office know that I don't believe in God or Jesus, but God is telling me to tell you that Jesus Christ is coming back to earth again. And the Lord started pulling the breath back in and out of my body because I was just saying it mechanically. I wasn't really trying to persuade them at that point. And I said, what's the matter? I told them. And he's he's put these uh, three different uh, um, promotions that I had done before my eyes. They were like crystal, crystallized. And I could see him add more years to your life and more life to your years. Join the American Health Studios in silhouette figure form, the world's largest health studios or spas. Because back then we were the number one. We were uh, the first and foremost health studios. Now you have 24-hour and Bally and all those other ones. But so I became terrorized then. Oh, my God. I don't know the Lord well enough to persuade these people. I am considered a good salesperson, but uh, the Lord wants me to persuade them. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, I learned that before I was even saved, we persuade men. So uh, my mind was racing. I said, I can't con God. Wow, I don't want to think of me conning or having tried to con God. I don't know the Bible, Lord, give me something. So I remembered a movie that I had seen called Elmer Cantry. I really didn't see it. I walked in, and about uh, 10 or 15 minutes, one of them says, praise you, Jesus, and stuff like that. And so, oh, God, this, and I just walked right out. But now I know that he really exists, and I really remember that right away, and that was terrorizing me too when I said, oh, God, my God, this, you know. Why did I even spend money? I had plenty of money, but even the time to go in there and buy a ticket because I thought that everything about Jesus, God, heaven, and hell was a phony. But knowing we've got to have this building we have to be clothed upon, swallow up with life, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord God Almighty, we persuade men. I started saying, repent! That's all I remember from the movie. Get down on your knees! And boy, I was meaning it. I was really trying to persuade them because I knew he was watching every move 
I made and he knew that I wasn't really attempting to persuade man. We are to compel people to come into the house of the Lord. But we are made manifest. In other words, he's watching us. We're manifest unto God. We're known unto him. He sees every uh, thing we're doing and he knows every word we're saying, whether it's with zeal or if it's just, you know, mechanical. And I trust also are made manifest in your uh, consciences. And I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. So your conscience knows there's a God, but you haven't really had the terror of the Lord hit you yet to where you start uh, moving and a grooving. Verse 12, for we commend not ourselves. Oh my God, uh, that would have been something if I'm standing in this office with all these people there and say, well, you guys know what a great promoter I am and you know how much money I've made and all this kind of thing. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> not when the Lord terrorized me. For we uh, commend not ourselves because we know we're nothing. Command ourselves again unto you but give you occasion to glory on our behalf that ye may have somewhat to answer them which glory in appearance. Oh, look at that uh, handsome man. Look at that beautiful looking woman. <laughs> Don't be glorying in appearance. Put uh, your lipstick and your rouge, it's all right to wear it, but, you know, don't try to glorify yourself in appearance and not in your heart be terrorized and fulfilled with the fear of the Lord to compel people to come into the house of the Lord. Uh, Not uh, where it's icy and cold, but where the heat is really cranked up. Verse 13, for whether we be beside ourselves, which I was in that office, it is to God that I'm beside myself. Or whether we be sober, it is for your cause. All right, now I just go to the next page. Now then, for verse 14, for the love of Christ constraineth us. Well, what does that mean, constrains us? That's a word that we don't use much today. Sharon, do you have Webster's version of that? Yes. Okay, read it. Constrain, to force by imposed stricture. (laughs) Okay, so um, the love of Christ constraineth us forces you because you know the terror of the Lord. Read it again. To force by imposed stricture. So then what? And what else? Restriction or limitation. So we're restricted as uh, from doing bad, but we're not restricted in doing good, but only as the Holy Spirit leads us 
So that's what we're burdened about is because we can't go to the left or to the right. We have to be led by the Spirit. For the love, the keeping of God's commandments of Christ, constraineth us. Then what? To restrict the motion of a mechanical body to a particular mode. Compress. To clasp tightly. To secure by or as if by bonds. We're bonded together because it says, For the love of Christ constraineth us because we thus judge that if one died for all, if Christ died for everybody in the world because they're dead in their sins and trespasses, then everyone, all, all were dead. Then were everyone, or then were all people dead. And those of you that don't know Christ out there, you're dead. And this is why the Lord died, so that all of us could have his life living in us. Verse 15, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, because Christ paid for us, and therefore we belong to him. And once we accept him, uh, at his uh, word, in other words, that uh, he says we belong to him now, then we must not deny him. We must live uh, not unto ourselves, but unto H-I-M, him, with a capital H, which died for them, and ro- actually he also rose again from the dead, so that we know that we're really believing in God, because nobody else ever had that happen to them uh, without his, the word. Verse 16, Wherefore henceforth knoweth we no man after the flesh. What's the point of uh, going after the flesh? Or um, it wouldn't make any difference what Christ looked like, when he was here in the flesh, we still have to believe in him because he is the one that we must believe on in order to get into heaven. So people shouldn't judge people after the way they look. Uh, you know, take off the lipstick, the rouge, the wooden leg or whatever else you got on you that isn't real. And then we're going to see the flesh. Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh, yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more, because we walk by faith, not by sight. Verse 17, we know him by the word, okay, 17, therefore, if any man be in Christ, He is a new creature. You're not the same. You're not, uh, you know that you've got this house, this body of clay that your spirit is living in right now. And hopefully uh, that the Lord is living in you as well. Both your spirits are intertwined. You're married to him. 
Therefore, if any man be in Christ, in Christ in him, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. That old life that you lived when you were a child, uh, before you were saved, you have now grown up. You've got Christ in you, and you put all these childish thoughts and these childish passions behind you because you're now uh, a new creature and old things uh, the old you has passed away behold all things are become new n-e-w verse 18 and all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Well, what does that mean? Well, we have the ministry to reconcile people that are lost to God so that they can now be one with Christ uh, or one with God through Christ and in Christ because there's only one body that's going to be in the kingdom of heaven, and that's Christ. Uh, in the household of God, which is his body. And so if we're not in the building or in Christ, then we're naked, we're not clothed upon. We're outside the building. To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, uh, to those in the world that will accept him. That's, uh, you know, to those that believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, which is the word of God. To wit, that God was in Christ, and he was in the world, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their uh, trespasses unto them, and because he washes all their trespasses away, their sins, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. And he's done that with me. I'm uh, letting the Lord God reconcile and to let his word flow through me, so through me, so that you can be reconciled unto him. Because you don't want to be outside the building. You don't want to be outside Christ because Christ has this life this life-giving spirit flowing through him and into all the branches of the olive tree or the vine. He is the vine and we are the branches. Verse 20. Now then, we are ambassadors. Oh my God, for Christ. Oh, we are ambassadors? There's a lot of ambassadors from the United States and uh, that are in other countries and many uh, ambassadors here in the United States from other countries. But my Lord and my God, we are ambassadors from heaven uh, into this world. And we must look like we are from the kingdom of heaven. We must act as though we are from the kingdom of heaven. It's not an act. We must be from the kingdom of heaven. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you, all of you people out in the world there, by us. 
We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. Now, verse 21, for he hath made him to be sin for us. God said, all you people are sinners, and I don't want any sin anymore, so I'm going to have my son, the strongest person in the universe, God himself. Let all our sins go upon him temporarily for our sakes, for he hath made him to be sin for us. And the sin, when he uh, he died, when his blood, uh, by faith, is applied to our souls, once and for all, all of our former sins are washed away in the blood of Jesus and drowned in the sea of God's forgetfulness. And he never remembers them again anymore. Now Satan will come to you and try to put you on a fishing trip. He'll say, cast in to the sea of forgetfulness and start dragging some of those old sins up. This is the way you were, you knew it. But that's not the way you are now. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. So you have to rebuke Satan in the blood of Jesus. For he hath made him to be sin for us. He who had never committed a sin in his life said, okay, I'll take the price. Um, I'll pay the price for every sinner. I'll let their sin come upon me, and I know you're going to send me to hell, Father, and I'm going to die. He became sin for us who knew, he who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in, if we're in Christ. In other words, we are the righteousness of God so long as we continue on in Christ, in the building. If we're not in Christ, if we're not in the building, then you're naked. And if the spirit of you goes out of your body today, tonight, in the middle of the night, and you're not saved, you're going to hell in the lake of fire. All right, that was the end of chapter 5. Now we're going into chapter 6. We then, as workers together with him. What do you mean workers? All these phony preachers today say that we don't have to work. Well, then what is Paul saying here? Is he a liar? No, he's. Uh, it's the Lord talking right through him. We then, as workers together, workers workers together with him him who did works he showed us that he uh, said things and he worked we beseech you also that you receive not the power of God in vain because he gives you the power so that you can work not sit Otherwise, if you don't believe that you have to work, you've received the power, the grace of God, which is the power of God, in vain. Of no, of, you're still going to hell. Now for disobedience, verse 2. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted and in the day of salvation. 
I have succored, in other words, helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Now that these scriptures are preached to you, you're, you're guilty. Uh, you're guilty. And uh, he says, don't put it off for tomorrow because now, right now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation, not manana, not tomorrow. Verse 3, giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed. Don't offend God, giving no offense. Don't offend God in anything by not doing what he says. Because if you do, people will know it. And then they'll blame the ministry that the ministry be not blamed. Verse 4, but in all things approving ourselves but in all things approving ourselves. Well, how do we approve ourselves? We look at the scripture and see if we're doing what the scripture says. As the ministers of God in much patience. Oh, my God. How do we get patience? Well, pray for it. And you know what's going to happen? Because the Bible says that patience... Tribulation is what gives you patience. So some days there's so much troubles and you, around you. It's like bees all around your head and flies and millers and dust blowing in your eyes and in your mouth and in your nostrils. And everything seems to be going wrong. But as the ministers of God, you must... Um, in all things, approve yourself as the ministers of God in much, lots of patience, in afflictions, uh, all kinds of persecutions, in necessities. Oh, I wished I had a new uh, this or a new that, or I wished I had some water right now or something good to eat in distresses well these tribulations will bring forth patience and patience is a very good virtue but uh, so uh, a lot of people says oh lord give me when the new baby christians used to come in they'd say lord give me tribulations so i can have patience uh, if I were you, I wouldn't advise you to do that because what you pray for the Lord is liable to give it to you. Uh, and so don't worry about tribulations. They're going to come for sure if you're doing the will of the Lord. And distresses will come and afflictions will come and necessities will be there. Don't worry about that. Verse 5. In stripes, the Apostle Paul took stripes. I mean, they beat him with whips in imprisonments. Well, he went to jail. I did too. I've been in jail many times for preaching the gospel. 
<laughs> they make up charges on you, this uh, satanic government. And tumults. Oh, my God. Every kind of thing is wrong. In labors. I've labored much in the gospel. In watchings. In fastings. Oh, do you have that kind of patience? Well, you need it in these last days. Verse 6. By pureness. To be pure by keeping your body under subjection to the word of God. Because the word of God is pure. And if you do what it says, then you'll be pure. By pureness. By knowledge. To know what God as word means and what it's all about by long suffering that's uh, you know patience again by kindness oh it's so hard to be kind to some people and some people need to be reproved and rebuked so the Lord isn't telling you to be kind to Satan or people that can uh, keep moving about in the body instead of staying at their post where they belong by the Holy Spirit we could do it all by if we have the Holy Spirit and it's the baptism of the Holy Spirit we have the power to be able to do all things by love in other words keeping God's commandments by keeping God's commandments unfeigned. You're not doing it mechanically, but you're doing it by the Spirit of God. Verse 7. By the word of truth, which is spirit and life. By the power of God, which is the Christ. All power in heaven and on earth belongs to Jesus. Jesus has become the life-giving spirit. Jesus is the quickening or life-giving spirit by the armor of righteousness, the armor of God. Well, what is the armor of God? That's the whole word of God. You have to know in your mind and your, on your head, the helmet of salvation, you have to know you're saved by the breastplate of righteousness. To be girded about with the truth of God. All this has to do with God. The shield of faith. The sword of the word of God, which is the sword of truth. The gospel shoes, uh, where you can walk on everything that comes your way. You can still walk through it. By the double-edged sword. And there is uh, the cloak of zeal. You have to be full of uh, zeal to do God's will by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left. Everywhere is the armor of God on you. You're armed and you're armored. Verse 8, by honor. Sometimes we're exalted to the heavens and sometimes we're dishonored by dishonor. We're thrown in prison. We're uh, evil spoken about 
lied about in the newspapers, in the media, and everywhere, just like all the other prophets, and just like uh, Christ, and just as the uh, disciples and the apostles, by evil report, see, evil report, and good report, as deceivers, they say that we're deceivers, and yet true. Verse 9, as unknown, and yet well known. In other words, if we're well known, they think they know us, but they don't. We're unknown to most, and then we're well known to those that believe. As dying, and behold, we live as chastened by the Lord and not killed. Verse 10, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, and yet possessing all things. Um, we have just enough time for a letter or two. We're going to take this up in the next message. So, oh, do you have a letter there? Yes, from Nigeria, Africa. you got about two minutes. Go ahead. Okay. Dear Pastor Lamo, may God bless you, your family, and all the members of this great ministry that God is using to bring souls to himself. I want to say that God is really using you in this end time to change people's lives and put smiles on their faces. You are a man that suits this present time we are now in who can stand not minding the government or looking at their faces or even trying to buy favor from them. May God richly bless you and protect you for us. Let me inform you that your literature is really doing great things in the lives of the people. I and my team have finished sharing the literature you sent to us. Now we have entered one university where your book is doing wonders now. Please, sir, try as much as possible to send our second request for us, please. We found out that we will share enough right inside the campus, so we need a carton of your literature, one carton of Messiah books, at least up to 20 copies or more, then up to 12 Bibles to give to some of them. In fact, they seriously need us in that campus. The name of the university is Michael Okpara University okay, of Agriculture. Okay, you don't even have to go any further than that. I told you already to double their order or even triple it. Okay, do you have another letter? Because we've only got less than a minute. A short one from um, Ivory Coast, Africa. It just says, May the Lord make you stronger. Amen. Amen. Make me stronger, Father God, in the spirit. Uh, bodily exercise profiteth little, but the Holy Spirit is what really makes us powerful. More powerful than all the athletes in the world. Okay, so I see that our time is uh, gone. And it's the time to pray. So those of you that don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, uh, come to the Lord. Uh, the Lord loved you so much that he died for you. You're a sinner, and he uh, became sin He for you and me. And uh, now just ask him to save your soul by praying this prayer. Say, my Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul, a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, and I believe that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former filthy sins. 
And I believe that you, Father God, raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I open the door of my heart and I invite you, Lord Jesus, Father God, Holy Spirit, into my heart. Wash all my former filthy sins away in the precious blood that you shed for me. You will not turn me away, Lord Jesus. You will save my soul, I know, because your word says so. We have to believe the word of God. He said, eh, all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Therefore, I know that you have heard me, and I know that you have answered me, and I know that I'm saved. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul. Now, thank and praise the Lord for saving your soul. And Sharon, tell our listening audience how they can receive a copy of this program, number 689. Go to alamoministries.com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas, 75505, or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370, or fax to area code 479-782-7406. Praise the Lord, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo saying tune in tomorrow for another heavy, perfect, spiritual message from the Lord so that you can live in Christ one day at a time. Here's Elvis to sing Amazing Grace. God's praise.